Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm the little man on the wing of the plane. I'm David. That's right. And Robert, do not listen to this episode after midnight. Do not get it wet. <laughs> and do not expose it to bright light. Bright light. Bright light. Oh, I used to be able to do a Howie Mandel book. Because, yes, this is Blame the Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love Gremlins. And, it's one uh, of my favorite 80s movies. Of course, this, a, a bunch of episodes following this rip this off. There's Blame the Ghoulies... Uh, blame the hobgoblins. Blame the critters. Blame uh, the munchies. Bl- uh, blame the ghoulies. Go to college. Uh, <laughs> blame the trolls too. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, this uh, first aired April the twelfth, twenty fourteen. Uh, written by Amy Gershwin, who uh, does not have a lot of IMDb credits, but uh, she did work on uh, King of Queens a lot. Oh, really? Yes. Cool. It's a uh, production assistant on King of Queens. Oh. Huh. And this appears to be the only animated episode she's written. Oh. I do not have... Oh, I have cats knocking things over is what I have. I do not have... No, the kittens are in the other room. Uh, but I, I do not have significant experience with King of Queens, is what I'm trying to say. That's the one that had Patton Oswalt on it, I think? Yes, occasionally. Right. And uh, Jerry Stiller. Y- yes, I think. I think you, I've, I've, I've think, seen chunks of that show, but I don't remember much. I always get it confused with According to Jim, which I think may have been the same show. No, Like they just took the scripts, to filmed them... One was with Kevin, whatever his name is. Uh, Dunn? No, not Kevin Dunn. Uh, uh, you, oh. uh, the Paul Blart mall cop guy. Yeah, why am I, I can't, oh, blanking on his yeah. name? Kevin Whoever that something, is. I want to say? Yeah. Kevin Blart, let's go with that. Yeah, Kevin Blart. <laughs> and then they filmed, they just filmed it somewhere else with Jim Belushi. Uh, now professional weed farmer, Jim Belushi. Yay! Everybody's getting into that. Yeah. Sure. Well, he said that his rationale is that if uh, if if John Belushi had just liked weed, he'd still be alive. I mean, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so, so yeah, we open this episode with uh, some very peaceful kite flying. Yes. Well, kite flying is never peaceful in my experience. It, it's either... Either lots of crashing, or you just standing there because yours is already destroyed watching somebody else fly a kite. Yeah, my kite oh, flying experience is it's never getting off the ground. <laughs> I, I yeah. Go to a beach. The Jersey Shore is a pretty good place in the evening, in the off season. But, I should uh, get like yeah, a I, little, like a little, like one of the little, like fancy kites. Now I'm tempted to do that. He's got one of those uh, those sweet box kites. Uh, yes. Got here. So, stunt kites. Small stunt kite, I recommend. <laughs> there we go. So uh, They're cheaper, and you're, they're easy to get on the boardwalk to get... Oh, it broke! Let's go get another. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Blades is, uh, Blades is flying this, but quickly it gets devoured by a kite-eating tree. <laughs> yes. No, no! Chase finds this, this whole kite thing highly illogical. No, he doesn't understand. Oh, and... Th- the uh, Cody does the whole look out for that pause tree. <laughs> yes. 
Very uh, George of the Jungle. Yes. And yeah, Cade, you know, if, if, that, if that had uh, if that had an engine or some method of propulsion, it wouldn't have got stuck in that tree. But you know, Cody counters that, you know, it, it wouldn't be a kite then. Yeah. But, Chase is the best at missing the point. But any further discussion is tabled because uh, uh, Town Hunk Taylor is once again, uh, his plane is once again crashing. Oh, no. Uh, that is uh, that is the guy that uh, Danny kind of has the hots for. Got some uh, got some sweet sideburns. Oh yeah, guys! It's time for some mortal peril so we can start the episode. There is a surprising <laughs> were, amount of mortal peril in this episode. Like maybe you were. Well, yeah. That's true. Like maybe well, you were wondering how that kite was going to lead to the mortal peril they would need to start the episode, but no, that was just a side journey. Hmm. Yeah, his his plane's not really crashing. It is crashing because it is on fire. It's it's pretty bad. It's the bad kind of crashing. And so they they. He uh, he bails out, and uh, you know he, he she has him steer it over the ocean so that it doesn't crash into anybody's uh, you know house or you know Doc Green's lab. Yes. So well, though that's coming. So that uh, yes. So on, somehow it turns around, goes back towards the uh, the town. So she has to get into the she has to winch herself down into this burning plane. Which is pretty badass. Yeah, yes, it's with badass, the, but it's like the logistics of it's working and into the plane that's out of control. She's got a robot buddy. Yeah. It's fine. So she, uh, but a helicopter matching the speed of a small plane. I mean, admittedly, he's a cyber. He's a space helicopter. helicopter. Still, I could buy it. It's a crashing plane. It's probably not got a lot of propulsion going yeah. on right well, now. And the engine's on fire. Yes, it's just like coasting, mm. gliding. That's the word. <laughs> I was like, "What's coasting except for airplanes?" Mm. Gliding. There's a word for that. So, so, so she does get it away from some uh, residential neighborhood, but unfortunately, now it is on a direct course for Doc Green's lab, and uh, God only knows what's going to happen if. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Just like a giant mushroom cloud. A mushroom cloud that somehow also has like Ebola in it. <laughs> mushroom cloud that would just envelop the entire island because that's how explosive things in his lab are. And yes, it would also probably somehow have Ebola. But luckily, Doc Green has a, a collision foam cannon, which is a, a big bazooka that shoots it, that uh, converts it, or that, that just covers it in goo. Yeah, that's like, so it, it basically just like I assume that this is, like, the packaging foam that you see sometimes that's clearly just, like, injected and, like, molds around whatever it is. So, yeah, he just well, yeah, they're, fires they're... this thing that looks like a t-shirt cannon. Yes. 
and and shoots yeah, it with these big like gobs. Spray foam for like insulation, which is kind of a neat idea. But like, how does the gob get to the plane before the plane hits the ground? Uh, well, I guess it's well, slow, it yeah, doesn't but. have to. The gob just has to be in the yes. right place at the right time for the plane to hit it on the way down. Uh-huh. Now, now I'm just thinking of the Physics. terror that Doc Green would uh, wreak by inventing like a super T-shirt cannon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see in the in the next episode uh, things that can happen when he brings advanced, unreasonably advanced technology to mundane tasks. Oh God! <laughs> All right, so so yeah, it uh, it uh, it it sort of it sort of it lands safely in this goo that quickly. Uh, is dispersed by a blast, by a second blast from this bazooka. And, uh, you know, they're wondering, you know, what's, uh, what, you know, what happened? Why did it catch on fire? And why did it turn back to the, uh, the city? And, uh, their, their explanation? Oh, it must have been the gremlins. Yep. Danny looks under the hood and she's like, oh, it's an electrical that probably that took out the steering, which that tracks. Uh, but yes, it's probably gremlins. And yes, she and Graham are like, ha, 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 ha. gremlins. And you, the Kate is backing away yes. slowly. And and also uh, Chase is laughing. Ha, ha, ha. What are gremlins? He tried. People were laughing. Obviously, it was time to laugh. Mm-hmm. It was time for the laughing. But yeah, he doesn't get it. But he tried. So yeah, you know, back at the fire station, Cody is you know explaining what gremlins are. You know, they're 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 small creatures that uh, cause uh, mechanical defects, much like in the popular movie Gremlins or the less popular movie Gremlins Two: The New Batch. But oh come on, that's very, a great movie. Very good. It's I need to rewatch I mean, that. I, I'm it's disappointed. So this is apparently the only episode these are in. I really wanted to blame the Gremlins Two: The New Batch, where there's like there's like <laughs> yeah. an electric gremlin. And, uh, and well, a bat gremlin. When we get there, uh, yeah, because they're already electrical. Uh, I definitely wanted uh, like a smart There's a gremlin. Brain gremlin. Oh, we, well, yes. we want what you want, rescue bots, civilization. <laughs> <sighs> that movie's so good. It's very different from the first one. It's, but it's astu- very good. Yeah. It's a pure comedy. It, it's like a Muppets movie. Yes. Yes. It's that level wow, of yeah. like self awareness and. Just absolute disregard for the fourth wall, while also being like a horror comedy. Well, so uh, it's it's great. If they, well, if they did a sequel to this episode, the episode would have to be interrupted halfway through by uh, by Gremlins, and then it would only be ordered back on by uh, the orders of uh, Micro Master Wrestler Road Handler. <laughs> now, I, would, I would think special guest star John Cena, but yeah, that works. Listen up, Gremlins. People like hot popcorn, <laughs> cold sodas, and they don't like gremlins messing up their movie. I love Road Handler. I love wrestling. Or uh, the VHS version, which was different. Yes. Or the VHS. It's, some, it's something else with the VHS, isn't it? Yeah, I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was... And then I think there's also a bit in the novelization where the novelization is interrupted somehow. <laughs> what? Oh my god, I need... I didn't... I have... I actually... Well, theoretically, I don't know where it is anymore. I had the novelization of the first Gremlins. Now I want to get the novelization of Gremlins too. Ah, uh, that's something I'm going to have to add now that it's it's getting close to summertime and everything's opening back up post COVID. Uh, that's something I'm going to have to put on my list of things to look for at used bookstores. 
now that I'm like making those journeys. Ooh, it is cheap. Ooh. Well, probably they probably printed way too many copies of it. <laughs> probably. Uh, so you know, he's explaining about gremlins, and you know, they cause mechanical failures, and the the bots are figuring, you know, oh well, this uh, this show is or this island is continually beset by mechanical failures, like several uh, every, several of them once a week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this island is infested with gremlins. <sighs> but uh, no, no, the, the, Cody explains they are not actually real. Yeah, they are. It's sort of a, a modern myth. I guess anything... That's... Now I, I wish I had looked up the Wikipedia... I will have to later look up the Wikipedia page on the concept of gremlins to see if, like... Because I know they at least go back to World War II, because, of course, that was, like, the, the yeah. popular Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, that's I where they they're from, I, like, the 20s, think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they might have been early or the, the like, post-war or something. Or... Maybe they started from like a Middle Eastern thing, and they were just sort of well. That's uh, that's, that's that's ghouls at least. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, apparently, it originates in Royal Air Force slang amongst the British pilots stationed in Malta, the Middle East, and India in the 1920s. Huh. Earliest uh, writ- recorded printed use being in 1929. Huh. It makes me. I don't know if I. I would even necessarily say it makes me feel old to have something like that as, like, mythological. Like, I feel like there's a difference between folklore of fairly modern origin and, like, I don't know, dragons. But the point is they're not real. Yes. Anyway, so we... uh so we we cut to uh, we cut to Cade who is uh, who is sleeping, and he's having a dream that there's something on the wing. <laughs> yes. Stewardess, please look. Well, on on the front of the plane. There's yes. a, there's, well, a, there's a man he's on a uh, on the wing. He is at least in a private. He's basically in the situation that Taylor was in earlier, yes. where he's on this plane that's like a, a small private. Uh, plane mm-hmm. that's on fire and then yes there's gremlins and they're adorable yeah these are specifically not uh copyright infringing uh amblin entertainment gremlins mm. yeah wb owned gremlins they kind of remind me of the gremlin from that um with the tail at least from that uh, episode of the simpsons the uh where they're they're doing the uh the shatner episode of twilight zone except it's bart on the school bus <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen that in a very long time. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, well, they they, oh, they kind of make me think of, like, uh, lots of depictions of Chupacabra because they got the spines on the head. Oh, yeah. They do seem very much like the the sort of thing from, like, a late 80s creature horror movie. They've got that kind of cuteness that they don't have quite as many teeth as something like I'm thinking of would end up having when you're like, oh, that's not so scary. And then it like opens up its mouth to hiss at you and has like a horrifying shark mouth. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not quite a critter. 
uh, maybe closer to like a uh, a hobgoblin. Yeah, yeah, more like a hobgoblin than a crite. <laughs> yes, but uh, but they're they're kind of cute. But in that very like, I they definitely have that kind of like late eighties monster movie creature aesthetic. And they're they're also constantly making gremlin noises. I. Oh. No, uh, nobody's credited for them in the episode uh, because I thought it might be Welker. No, they, mm-hmm. they're very Welker-esque. It's, it's v- very Welker-esque, but I'm pretty sure at least some of it is Steve Bloom making Frank that Welker noises. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes... Didn't he do some of the ones in uh, that uh, Robots in Disguise that we watch with those mini-cons? Uh, oh, yes, yeah. yes. I think that was him. So yeah, it, it was a lot like that kind of sound that those adorable little round minicons made. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he. It's all it's it's all a nightmare. So he he gets up and uh, you know, Cody finds him in the kitchen, and you know, he, Cade is not admitting uh, anything about this. Hmm. Uh, you know, because he is Cade and he is, uh, there, you know, there's some toxic masculinity going on there. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I noticed and I really appreciated though that like, even when we get a little later in the episode when, uh, Danny and Graham realize what, what's got him so upset, they're not like, picking on him about it. They actually feel bad and aren't like, well, he shouldn't be afraid of this stupid thing. And I did appreciate that because especially as something that's made for like that very young audience, you don't, it's, it's nice to see something that's not, that that's about a fear like this that could absolutely be used as like humor. And Mm. and they're not like, there's absolute respect for Cade and his adorable, ridiculous, little chattering monster <laughs> nightmare creatures. Those men would literally rather be tormented by illusory goblins than go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although, as it turns out, maybe he would have been right to skip this particular kind of therapy, as we'll get to in a bit. Ooh. Yes. Why? Why would anyone do this? So, yeah, uh, Kay, you know, there's a call. Uh, one of the, the town's rickety-ass wind turbines is about to fall over. That's that's some bad maintenance there. They really need to get on that. And so he's all, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather do this than sleep. That's where that's where I'm tormented by gremlins. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go out for this. Uh, Cody comes with him. And, uh, yeah, these, these things are very loosely bolted to the ground. By these very yeah. rickety-looking bolts. Well, they're big bolts. So this thing is just about to topple over. Yeah. So he just, you know, Cody's all, you know, like, should we t- call the team? This looks uh, insanely dangerous. And kids, all, no, 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 I'm just gonna do it. Just let me get my giant wrench. <laughs> Gets the wrench on this <laughs> bolt. Does. Falls asleep once again. Tormented by gremlins. <laughs> just all over the windmill. All just like jumping at him in the dark. And then the whole thing just falls the hell over, and Cody is almost killed by this thing. And that was a commercial cutaway. Yes. The uh, rotor comes off and comes flying at him, and it's 
Cody is about to get chopped into little bloody giblets. And that's the commercial <laughs> cutaway. A lot of peril in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very perilous. So Cade is, you know, Cade saves the day and he's all, what, what the hell are you doing, Cade? You have to get some sleep. This is insane. You almost killed your brother. Yeah. I mean, I think who almost killed his brother was whoever maintained these turbines so badly. Like, it shouldn't require some random firefighter to come out in the middle of the night and tighten these bolts. Yes. So he, uh, you know, he recommends that uh, he goes goes to see Doc Doc Green, who's working on a on some nightmare therapy. <laughs> this is the worst. This is oh, the God. biggest so, mistake. Well, Why well, we, would we, you do this? So yeah, we're at the we're at the firehouse. Uh, you know, Cody's headed out. Um, you know, he's going out to the lab, and so Cody admits that you know he he wanted to keep this a secret, but you know I don't want to have some sort of Frasier esque comedy of errors here. So, Cade is, you know, he's getting some help from these nightmares because this town apparently does not have a psychiatrist. I guess not. They only have the one doctor, and he's not that kind of doctor. He might be that kind of doctor. It's like the, the, uh, gosh, which movie was that the, uh, the after credits scene in where. (laughs) Oh, uh, Iron Man 3. Yes, yes, at the end of Iron Man 3 when he's talking to Bruce. He's just, I'm not that oh, kind of yeah. doctor, Tony. <laughs> like that. And it turns out that his fear of gremlins stems from Danny and Graham telling him scary stories about gremlins when he was a boy. Because he was bossing them around. Yes. And they fought back by telling him scary stories about gremlins. <laughs> by giving him a adorable. deep-seated fear of imaginary monsters. Cute tiny kids. <laughs> and so the, 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 the robots discuss, uh, you know, their uh, worst fears. And, uh, of course, Chase's worst fear is, a, uh, is an island where nobody breaks the law. I would be completely useless. Uh, that's that's a sad, depressing nightmare, Chase. It's a little messed up. Also, makes us worry about you. And of course, Blades' fear is a little fascist, Chase. Worrying me a little. And of course, Chase uh, Blades' worst fear are cumulus clouds because they are nature shapeshifters. (laughs) (laughs) He points up at a shark-shaped one in the sky and a little Jaws theme bit. Oh, and I forgot a I forgot a good Blades line from earlier when they're talking about how gremlins are really a myth. He says, "Oh yeah, well you know what else people say is a myth? Aliens." And yet, yes, I like that. I like uh, that a lot. Oh, I like Blades when they call out that. He's so good. Yeah. So we get to uh, we get to Doc Green's lab, and his this might be his worst imagination or his worst invention yet. Oh my I God! Why would you? Could, isn't there like a better way you could do this? This is a doomsday device. <laughs> like the most dangerous possible way that you could yes. reach the the intended goal here. Like just... the the dream machine idea in itself is a little weird, but the using it oh let's manifest nightmares 
Why? Yeah, it is the nightmare imaging device, which is like a little a little pod that you sleep in, and it it, it, it takes the your brain signals and creates holographic, uh, solid holographic duplicates of your dreams, and then then you I guess the deal is you wake up, then you look at them and you say, oh, that's not that scary, but. A one. What if you've really messed up dreams, Doc Green? Like maybe you wake up and it really is that scary. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes people dream about really messed up stuff. Or it's I, not anything you would ever actually encounter in the real world, but it's still messed up. Yeah, you're, you know, you're dreaming up like weird Cronenberg monsters, and you wake hmm. up and you're like, ah. Or of course, the other alternative is that you wake up and or uh, is the they escape from this pod and wreak havoc because indeed these gremlins get out and start gremlin it up. This is like the sides of it are just made out of like a wine, like wine glass level glass here. Yes. It's clearly not intended to contain anything like more troublesome than a, like a, a disapproving English teacher. Like, if your worst nightmare is a disapproving English teacher, this should work out just fine. And why are they solid holograms in the first place? They're yeah, just what? in a booth. Why? Can't they just be regular holograms? Just... Yeah. Yes, that would be much safer. That would be so much safer. Why? You know, we, we gotta We're create just... hard light holograms of nightmares. Yeah, the, uh... It's such a and it's specifically called the nightmare imaging device. So this was not something that he used so that he could dream up like a renewable, like a, a, an eternally renewable energy source. This is just something that he made specifically for Make nightmares for making material nightmares. Also, it's they're the lucky that this is ever. I guess th- so since this is a kid show, we are lucky that Kate is specifically having nightmares. Because otherwise, this thing would just be creating solid holographic babes. Yeah, we don't need that. Nobody needs that. There are, I mean, Cade might. There are such a thing as nightmare babes, too. You know. Yes, I've I've been on Twitter. <laughs> so these we, things we break out. That and- after my trip to TFCon. <laughs> And the soundtrack absolutely turns into a Dollar General version of Jerry Goldsmith's Gremlins theme. Oh, yeah. I I really appreciate that. I like the music a lot. I taught myself to play it on clarinet when I was in junior high. These days, I could probably just look up the music on the internet. But at the time, I had to figure it out on my own. So not only are they causing havoc, but, uh, you know, they're, you know, oh, well, Doctor says, well, you know, it's not that big a deal, because without electricity, they'll just disperse. And then uh, they actually get into electronics, start sucking up electricity, and uh, extending their lifespans. Much like the electric gremlin. Watch out, Christopher Lee. I would really like to know, like... What has manifested in this previously that was sufficiently harmless to not need more than that just very pitiful degree of glass and not 
being near electricity and figuring out they could do this. And there's just there's a lot of problems here. There's a lot of problems. I was just having uh, having dreams about my dead wife. She was killed in a uh, vinegar baking soda volcano accident. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Were you not dreaming about the consequences of your actions? Uh. <laughs> no, because again, then the island would have been destroyed. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, everybody would die of holographic uh, Ebola. <laughs> so yeah, these these gremlins are getting out everywhere, uh, and they are also smart, like the movie Gremlins. Yes. So they, they, they jack open his door and they escape into the town. Of course. Of course they do. And, and just cor- once it's broken, there are just more and more of them coming out and they finally have to wake Kate up and turn off the device and there's just, yeah, there's a lot of them. Yes. So they uh, they start causing all sorts of uh, chaos in town. I'm sure you know they they send like a snowplow through Dick Miller's house. Uh, they're, they're they're launching that old lady uh, off her chairlift. Yes. Uh, probably killing off that science teacher. Oh man, it's violent. Good Wasn't that the movie that inspired? No, it was Temple of Doom. I Temple think of that Doom, inspired yes. them to. To create the PG-13 rating. Yes. Because obviously they needed to have something in between PG and R. Although, if you ask me, the most disturbing thing in that movie is not uh, any of the gremlin-induced mayhem, but Phoebe Cates' dad dying in that chimney dressed as Santa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's definitely the worst. Cause, so messed up. Cause it, it's more conceptual than, than the actual gruesome deaths, which aren't really that gruesome. Now, well, yes. I, I, and clearly, uh, Dick Miller didn't even die. He's in the sequel. Yeah, <clears throat> he's and, fine. And also, that sequel has an incredibly good gag about uh, Phoebe Cates being afraid of President's Day. <laughs> oh, yes, which... <laughs> I'm so glad, like... There have been rumors of a sequel forever and that they're, they're never coming out, but we are finally getting probably a TV series. Although I forget I, if it was I think it's an animated series. Action. Okay, which is fine. Like, it's fine. Just please bring her back with another holiday story <laughs> for one episode. That's <laughs> all of us. Traumatizing, hor- yes. horrible holiday gonna, story. Gonna tell us how her cousin Steve died on Arbor Day. Yes. <laughs> Something. Anything. Anything ridiculous. Tree fell on him. Actually, the best way to deliver that would be she starts telling a story and the, everybody else, all the main characters just leave. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nope. Story about Halloween. No, no, I know where this is going. Let's, let's go. <laughs> so the rest of the bots get there. They explain what uh, what happens. Uh, Danny describes the uh, the gremlins as, uh, you know, they're... You know, they're just holographic electronic images. They're just walking cartoons. And then Blades is shocked to find out that cartoons aren't real. (gasps) Oh, no! Bit of a a wink to the audience. Yes. Sad moment in every child alien robot's life where they have to learn that cartoons aren't real. But, But luckily, um, it turns out that while they can drain electricity, they cannot drain Energon. Because otherwise, Which, the episode would be over and all the entire cast would be dead. 
Yeah, well, I was yeah, going to okay. say that's... You sort of saw... Could, could suspect that they were going to become a danger to the bots, and they were not for pretty good reasons. Uh, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they, they grab a ton of batteries and start using them as bait for the, uh, the gremlins. You know, they, uh, uh, they, they lure them to their understructure. Like, there's a giant pit in the middle of town. Sure. Yeah. Well, you gotta have a, a way to raise and lower convenient monuments or something. I don't know. It's, it's well, and also, it's, it's Griffin Rock. There's a good chance you're gonna have to toss somebody in that pit at some point. You know, some malfunctioning <laughs> yeah. robots or, uh, or uh, giant blob monsters, what have you? Yeah, some. Also, when the uh, the gremlins do try to absorb the rescue bot's energy, and Chase just has one on his shoulder, and and he's like, "There's no electricity to be had here, small creature. Move along." Oh, he he calls them mischievous <laughs> superstitions. Yes, <laughs> he just talks to it like it's a panhandler. <laughs> So it looks like the team has pretty much uh, evaporated all of these gremlins, and uh, Chase pulls up late, and he's all, whoop, looks like that's the end of that chapter. Oh, no. Uh, but then there's a bunch of gremlins, and they're headed right for the power plant, which will basically fry the entire island, and also probably lead to, again, possibly electric gremlins, like in Gremlins 2. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So it is Cade who has to go, and... Uh, you know, they, they bust in there, and he pulls off the heroics, avoiding these terrifying gremlins, conquering his fears, and shutting off the uh, the power plant, the, the grid, which then destroys the entirety of the gremlins. Well, they- yeah, well, after after some of the little gremlins try to kill him with a forklift. Yes. <laughs> they, they do do a very good job of selling him, like... This actually being something that he's afraid of and he's facing it. Uh, because, like I said, it, it would be very easy to, to play his fears as a joke, but they do a very good job of, of showing how, how afraid he is, but is also being very brave. It's good, yes. good kid stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so all is well. Cade has conquered his fears and. Uh, he tells Doc Green that, uh, listen, I, I think you better put that, uh, your friggin' nightmare machine in the best left forgotten section again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With all your other doomsday devices. <laughs> really? They, they should just start filling all the underground passages with cement. <laughs> At least make it harder for all the stuff to keep cropping up. Oh, admittedly, this wasn't decommissioned yet, but why? <laughs> It's a nightmare machine! Why wasn't it decommissioned yet? Why did this even make it to production? I think there is, are is it, I think there are episodes of both Transformers and G.I. Joe from the 80s that use this as an evil plot. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's where Carver I think Low Light like, imagines his uh, abusive dad or something. Oh, yeah, and there's the oh. the one in season three with Daniel and the Quintessons, because that's the one where you get Galvatron can be any size he wishes. Right, Nightmare Planet, I want to say. Which is, yes, uh, which is great, because that's absolutely something that Galvatron might say, because he's just batshit <laughs> like that. 
Uh, it's entirely in character nightmare Galvatron just growing and declaring fools Galvatron can be any size he wishes. Uh, that so- is definitely an episode that would have been better with a better animation studio because that's one of the really messy ACOM ones, but it's a good episode. And uh, so that night, Cade sleeps soundly, but it is uh, it is Danny and Graham who dream of gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this was a pretty fun episode. I, I'm a big fan of the gremlins movies, and this kind of has enough nods to that and enough robot goofiness that I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I yeah. I like you know the musical cues were were great. Uh the creatures are are really adorable while also being somewhat scary and I really like how they treat Cade's fear of them respectfully as befits a show that is, you know, for small children. So yes. good stuff. Yeah, it's very well. It 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 almost is a Kremzy ripoff episode, like so many episodes, but they're solid and they they lean into the Gremlins a bit, so it's different and fun. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes. Uh, this week on Gosei Sentai, Die Ranger, Father. As last we left them uh, at the end of last week, uh, a dark armored father was confronting his son with a sword uh, about to kill him when it was revealed, oh, I am your real father, and and Star Wars music plays, which, um, like, it's the Imperial March, but not quite, not close enough to be copyright infringement, but, um, this episode goes further than that. Mm. Okay. So after it being revealed by, by, by the Master Kaku that, oh, the Red Ranger is your son, the Iron Mask, Darth, Darth Vader guy just walks away? <laughs> like, you, you were winning the fight at the end of the last episode, and you just left. Okay, fine, whatever the episode has to happen, and you don't kill everyone. Anyway, and yet, th- then they come back, and the Rangers are based, describing, they, they can't be my father, my father died. No, really, you, you were just saying that, just to confuse him. It's like, no, that's your dad. He, he, he married a human woman 20 years ago for who the fuck knows what reason, had a kid, she died, then he left, whatever. <laughs> and then cut to the, the, the Red Ranger brooding on, on, on a cliffside, looking... Could you really be my father? And then a photograph floats by of his mother and him and his sister as a child. Oh, yeah, he he has a sister, too, and a dark father in a suit of armor. And it turns out, like, I guess his dad walked up behind him and dropped this photograph just to brood there with him and then leaves. I would do that. What? (laughs) I mean, it's neat and moody, but... but it, it like the first few minutes and scenes are, are like so disjointed and weird. It's like I'm winning. Oh, you're my son. Okay, I'm gonna leave. Okay, but I'm gonna come back when when you're alone after you've talked to your friends. Is like what? Anyway, back to the monster of the week who showed up last episode. Is uh, the Archbishop guys? Archbishop saw. Yay! We have a monster of the week. He's got like giant wood cutting saw blade sword thingies and is. 
part woodcutting saw blade because monster. At any point, does he ask if anybody would like to play a game? <laughs> no, not that kind. But he is—he's murdery and does have kind of a deep voice. Anyway, the, the rangers are wandering around. Ghosts teleport them from the city into the the rock quarry to have the fight. As as it happens, it's convenient. I do like that sometimes where it's like, just fuck it. Let's teleport them to the rock quarry. Not let's not even pretend that oh this parking lot was next to the rock quarry and we just jump cut. No, no, just fuck it. Ghosts, we're there. Just here, poof. <laughs> like the TARDIS just parked there. I mean, the, the Archbishop starts fighting him. Uh, the the Iron Face is up on a cliff, and uh, Archbishop Shaw is like, "Hey, I'm gonna kill your son. Watch how we do this. You did a <laughs> shitty job. I had to do this myself." And then there's a fight, and the Bishop has red force lightning <laughs> that he's torturing the Red Ranger with, uh-huh. and he just sort of dispatches the other Rangers because they're they're not part of this story right now. And and he also has fire breath. And while well, he's the saw monster, and then he converts back to his human form, who's dressed sort of like a weird Buddhist priest or something. And he's just chucking the Red Ranger around with force lightning while you have this black, armored, masked guy looking on. And the Red Ranger shouts, Father! And, and then... Iron Face just sort of looks away, looks back. He doesn't actually say no and run over, but he goes over and starts to fight the Archbishop. So you you, you have the Dark Father character attacking his direct superior, who was Force Lightning his son. He doesn't pick him up and chuck him into a pit. No, there there's a bit of a sword fight versus the Lightning. But... Oh, he demanded to defeat the, the, the Archbishop Saw guy. It's like, yay, but he's dying because of the lightning. So he's collapsed on the ground and his son is fu- holding him and then they're lamenting and stuff. And then the son takes off his mask so he can see him with his true face one last time. My God. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this episode, like... It's heavy. Even... It's so blatantly Return of the Jedi. I love it. It's ridiculous. And, and then, then of course, there's a little man, and there's force ghosts of the previous rangers that the father worked with back when he was in charge of the Zords, and they had the lilai balls or whatever. And the go- I don't think the ghosts even say anything. They just say, will you guys forgive me? And then, yeah, they kind of nod. And, and then they turn into balls of light, and he turns into a ball of light. There's no bonfire to kill him. He just sort of, ball of light flies away. And then, as I think the only thing that it could have improved Return of the Jedi, giant monster robot fight! Yay! (laughs) Archbishop Saw wasn't dead, so Palpatine rises from the grave and gets his ass kicked by a giant robot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it's the first time they combine all the robot parts into the super robot. It's not just the the red dragon zord riding on the others or fighting on his own. It's combined, and, and he's sort of this uh, armored knight kind of looking dude. He just kills the monster with one sword slash at a sunset, which looks really cool. 
I recommend you see this episode. It's on Shout Factory's website streaming. It's episode eight. <laughs> it's it's so blatantly Return of the Jedi. I it's oh it's so good. It's a lot. And it seems really weird that they introduce the Red Ranger's father as a bad guy, and and you think it's going to be like he's going to be a returning character for the out the season, and this is going to be drug out for a number of episodes. No, two episodes. He's in and out and dead after he was supposedly already dead. It's a very small subplot. Yes, it's such a small subplot. So early in the show, it's weird. Maybe they needed to pad out some space. Maybe. The dude just watched Return of the Jedi and was like, oh man, I have to do something Maybe, like this. I mean, I am inspired. The, when the hell did this episode air? It was in the 90s. Well, that doesn't somewhere. mean he hadn't seen he hadn't. No, not it could have been just like, oh, point. he finally got it on VHS. Yes. But it's like, it's not like the first time that the Power Rangers and, and various other Tokusatsu shows have like cribbed heavily from. Star Wars. It's just that it's so blatantly Return of the Jedi. The like the last fifteen minutes of Return of the Jedi is this episode. <laughs> it's it's delightful. Oh yes, it's like eighty or ninety three. So you could have just gotten it on VHS. Could be or laser disc. Oh, we got a bright shiny new laser disc. Oh, Let's man. do that episode. Yes. <laughs> so that was fun. All right, so I believe that does it for this episode. We'll be back next week with more uh, Rescue Bots. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can hear all of our monthly special episodes. Uh, we might be going to movies again sometime in the near future. Uh, Possibly. Hey, eventually. Rob, you just got your jab today, Just got my first it? dose uh, yesterday. Yes. So, so, uh, oh, first dose, yeah. So, feeling a little, uh, little dozy today, not too bad. Arm is sore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. Wait till the second one. There, that's when things get fun or just boring. (laughs) I am fully vaccinated as of last Monday, so very exciting. Don't have to wear a mask at work anymore, which is nice because that was like eight hours a day. Uh, But, uh, but yes. So in the meantime, we've been watching a variety of exciting other things. Uh, For May, we watched uh, Dragon Quest: Your Story. Which was a fun anime movie based on a JRPG that veers off in some exciting directions uh, towards the end. Yes. Uh, previous episodes, we've done some various cartoons. Uh, we did an episode of uh, the Godzilla, the series cartoon uh, that some Transformers Prime people worked on. Uh, lots of fun stuff in there. Uh, so that is patreon.com slash Underground. All right, so uh, please uh, join us next week when we feed the beast. Uh, But until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Canned food and shotgun. Invest in canned food and shotguns, my friends. I'm David. Right. Well, is that a repeat the fire speech again, but I've already done that like three times. 